again today. The Global Energy Podcast coming to you on this beautiful summer July day in the COVID quarantine of 2020. Jason Serafian here with Streamflow with you. And uh, I have a cross table for me today, socially distanced, Mr. This is Frank Seidel. How are you? I'm all right, man. I'm all right. Thanks for having me, Jason. Very nice of you. I am, uh, I'm just kind of, uh, yeah, we're working through it, man. This is actually our first live remote. We're coming to you from Earl's restaurant kitchen bar and everything else in park meadows down in uh, lone tree colorado that's right uh so um yeah we just wanted to you know give people hope and say you know we're still alive and that's what it's all about yeah if we weren't alive i don't know if we'd be able to make it through it but uh, give everybody thankfully we're here we're gonna make it guys we're gonna make it okay jason we're gonna make it if we try that's right um yeah, uh, a lot has been going on, but at the same time, not much has been going on since we last uh, posted up in, in April. Um, well, let's talk about that, Jason, because what's happened was oil went to negative $37. Negative 40 and change. Okay, 40 and change, and he, you probably took a picture of it, right? Yeah, I've, I've, I've watched it, you know, just disintegrate over like a two-and-a-half-hour period. And now we're back up to... Uh, and we're, we're, now we're 40. floating on plot, pl- positive 40, yeah, which is interesting because, you know, a lot of the word on the street was that you'd see people get back to activity, either turning on production or putting new sticks in the air in that 35 to 40 range. But I think that they were not necessarily in tune with the C-suite boys were saying. So different well, nobody, agendas. Nobody will lend them money. But anyway, J- Jason and I said that there was probably going to be people renting tankers and filling them up with oil and then... Bye. I'm sure some of you listeners out there had a few spare tankers, because the last time that it went like this, there were a couple guys out of New York, some uh, investment guys, that literally filled up a couple tankers, and then the uh, obviously didn't get as bad as this with negative 40, but but then the Kuwait war happened, so they sat on this oil for a while, and then they just made a jillion dollars. Okay, so we're at 49 today, and there's an argument about when uh, things are going to turn around, but uh, I think people are starting to put their wells back online. Uh, th- there are some. I mean, you know, the early word there was a uh, there was a survey from the Dallas Fed that was talking about. You know, a lot of operators figured that you know by about 36 percent of folks would have production turned on by the end of June. I don't know that we're at that number, but some folks definitely started to turn production back on. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think that you know we are sitting in a place where I think people are starting to hedge and say, oh, maybe 45 dollars now, instead of you know calling the truth, maybe 45 to 50. We'll see. I, I think that I think that it will be illustrative once we see the Q2 results. It'll be popping out, trickling out over the next couple of weeks well, as to uh, what, what the second half of 2020 looks like. It's really affected the renewables, too, because uh, with oil being so cheap, uh, it's really hard for the renewables to uh, compete, to compete with uh, oil and gas because it is so cheap. Yeah, they're not going to they're not going to get any of their backside benefits. Um but at the same time, I mean, this this could be an interesting position negatively for oil and gas because there's just nobody moving around. I don't know that RV traffic around the country is going to uh, help out and replace what is missing from the airlines, et cetera. So with that said, uh, there's a few other things that are going on. A lot of people have been talking about geothermal. And uh, Jason's company, Streamflow, just did a job in... In Nevada. Yeah, we just did a job, a geothermal job. And uh, we happen to have somebody here today who who was front lines on the uh, on the front lines on that geothermal. Let me switch up the mic here so that this will record both of us. Hold on one second. 
it, they're about to sing a duet. We're about to sing a little Islands in the Stream here. Chad, uh, can, can, can people hear you? Get a little closer. Get a little closer. Put that in your mouth. There it is. How close do you need me? Oh, that's great right there, Ice. Now, now you need to sing the bars of Islands in the Stream. But you're going to take Dolly Parton's part. I'll stop yeah. Look, us sharing a mic. Two yeah. boys, one mic. I mean, this is crazy. This is COVID time, right? Yeah, it's things you do. <laughs> so. Okay, I got it. There we're you not go. having Cheyenne days or Stampede, but we're having uh, Earl's Patio. Yeah, a little less rodeo, but a little more. Uh... Yeah, there we go. We'll give you the whole deal now. Okay, hey. Chad, tell hey, us what's going on up in the, out in the country. Tell us what's going on, man. I mean, a lot of rework into the wells. A lot of uh, more maintaining old wells than drilling new wells. Geothermal is the first well, well the first geothermal well. They're actually doing the defit on it. As it hits Chad in the face with a, with a pop a pop shield. <laughs> we are working this with uh, some real magic today. There you go, buddy. Chad Carter, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Round of applause. Yay. That'll, that'll sort of stand up. I think it's stripped. You know. It's a quality Home Depot product, I think. There we go. But we did a geothermal well uh, out in Winnemucca, Nevada. Uh, it's a little bit of a different laid-back, uh, I guess, drilling. Uh, most of these wells, like they have eight on the property that are feeding the power plant. So, so did they have slot machines out Oh, there? dude, you stole the question out of my mouth. I was like, that's the most critical operative question. Where are there slot machines in the, in the company man shack? <laughs> Not that I see. Okay, okay. <laughs> but they could have been hiding them, so. Yeah, so what did you have to, what kind of problems did you come up with? Against, you know, have to come up with a solution for? High uh, temperatures? More high temperature equipment. Like what temperature? Like 350 Fahrenheit? Yeah, I don't think they were hitting anything over 350 to 400. So um, they're treating their water, the frack water, the same as if they were fracking in the, you know, Niobrae or Quodelway. So they're uh, doing defits right now. They're going to let it sit for a week and a half, just like we would a Codel, and then they're going to go back into it and fracture it. So I don't. It's not a big frack. It's only a five uh, stage frack. Yeah, typically those kind of geothermal wells are fracked uh, or naturally fractured. So, you know, I think you've done some geothermal before, if I'm, if I'm correct, but it might have been a minute. So what would you say are some of the other principal differences uh, with, you know, your regular day-to-day -day wells that you're seeing besides your temperatures? I mean, they're not producing oil. So it's a, oh, there's that, yeah. <laughs> it's a whole different field. You're not under the stress of getting it done as fast as you can make a well you know today tomorrow instead of doing it do you know what they're going to do with the end product it's going into the like is it going to heat a greenhouse to grow pot or what are no they it's going into a power plant there's a geothermal power plant on okay. location that they're drilled all these wells so that's the interesting thing about geothermal and frank you can chime in here too because you know while it's almost being treated as a renewable resource and and you know in the with the alternative energy folks and everything like that these days i guess the biggest challenge is you can only really be successful, you know, in the areas where you're having these geothermal wells is kind of where you have to wind up using it. There's really no way to distribute this cross-country. That's correct. So, I don't know. I mean, does that become a chicken and egg situation? No, you know? it's, it's not a problem. I mean, uh, 
there's a the perfect example is a, a village in Italy. I have to get you the details, but they've been producing uh, geothermal energy to heat the whole village for the last uh, 150 years. 150 years. So, and in in the U.S., there's a lot in what Nevada. I think California. California. Yeah. Um, I, I looked. I looked at a band of stuff on a map, and it looked like I think we talked about this last podcast. Was there, there's a little bit in like the Oregon area, but not much. And I think like New Mexico looked like that a little bit. You don't think seem to no. maybe northern New Mexico? No. no. Potential exists in the west because that's where all the volcanics are. And so, you know, I guess what are the best ways to utilize this if there's not already existing villages uh, like I, with Italy? Uh, I think you should heat uh, greenhouses to grow stuff. Right. It could be, it could be uh, I won't say poppies, that's not good. Well, we can have but hemp, hemp, right? But, hemp but, is so but, yeah, PC hemp. and renewable. And yeah, hemp. We grow hemp. Uh, we can grow tulips. That's what they grow, grow in... Uh, Netherlands? California. Oh, California. All right. Yes. <laughs> but uh, it could be uh, direct. There's uh, various things direct. And there's the shaker. You hear that? Yeah, there's the shaker. That's our oh, new theme song. It's calling my name. But anyway, we wanted to talk to everybody, too, just to see. Uh, hopefully everybody's uh, making it through the, uh, the quarantine. Hopefully everyone's wearing their mask. And has their quarantine together. Yeah, Hunkering down. Quarantini. They're drinking quarantinis. Drinking quarantinis. Yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, still with us. Yeah, I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. No, we just have to understand what it is and uh, try to stay away from it. It is a disease, and it can hurt you. So. Yeah. Were there any precautions being taken out on location? Uh, yeah, I mean, we were yeah. required to wear masks when we were working on the rig floor with customers. When we had uh, uh, when we had more than two guys or three guys within a three-foot range, we were required to wear FR masks, which are really uncomfortable in 106-degree heat. But they'll keep you, that part of your face safe from burning. Right. In a flash so. burn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean... And, they had safety stand downs about it that made everybody aware of it. Um, so, Where, uh, how did you guys sleep? Their eyes closed. <laughs> well, so different than usual. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, gotcha. so yes. we can. T- <laughs> anyway. So I, I guess here's another. So, so, okay, that's that's with your, you know, droplets and fun stuff like that. But as far as surface protocols, have you seen anything on locations to where they've got cleaning protocols regarding? Uh, wipe downs or a few times a day or how does I mean, is that those, any different than what we're seeing they were definitely scrubbing the rigs okay. I mean they I mean was it H&P that used to say a clean rig is a happy rig I mean these these guys it was a key rig and they were definitely cleaning the rig continuously um, have you been on any cyclone rigs since the pandemic just checking okay I was wondering if that had changed <laughs> um, they're a beautiful company uh, so they are they are doing some deep cleans that's good to know because uh, you know it's 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 hard when you get blowing and going, and you've got other challenges to your life on the line out there. It's hard to think about uh, grappling spaces. It's gotta and be like nice that. to cyclone. I mean, they made some big changes after the last downturn. Um, yeah. New management, new rigs, new product. So uh, I mean, I've been on good. Yeah, cyclone that's a, that's a good commercial. So, uh, <laughs> but you know what we what what we have to understand is that uh, there could be a transition coming with the. Uh, election coming up we'll have to see how how that turns out but actually a lot of people are trying to make uh, some plans as to if uh, the nation turns blue and what that means so uh, there could be a change in regulations hey man everybody's going Kanye yeah 
hold my beer. I'm gonna. That's right. President. That's right. That's right. We've already seen the influence, right, of pipelines being shut down in the last two weeks, just over these protests and possibly becoming blue. I mean. Yeah, I mean, you know, talking about Keystone, that thing is hard pressed now that like. Well, I think you or Frank were saying earlier before we went live, um, you know, the additional testing needs to be done now that may not be completed until next year, at which point you may or may not have a different administration. Right. And have, then They have to have yeah. the whole line drained by August 9th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they have to now do testing and, I guess, enough research to show that they need to maintain that pipeline. And if they don't have it they got to shut it down. And they said just the testing's going to take over a year to do. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's been a lot of in, uh, in, injury to our industry with uh, probably over a million people, is what I heard of late, uh, losing their jobs. It's a lot. Because the rigs, a lot. the drilling rigs, which is an indicator, are all-time low. Yeah. I think the number's like we're, 200. Uh, uh, we're, we're, in the, we're, we're near 250, I think. Yeah, it's definitely. But when you compare that year over year, we were, what, at almost 1,100 last year, I think, some of that ballpark. Um, and 50 people per rig yeah. affected? Well, and then you've got, I mean, you know, we're on the cusp of if they're holding to it, I think BP sometime in the next week or so is going to be uh, chopping 10,000 heads. Sorry, our RIF reduction of force of 10,000 people uh, in some respect or another. Yeah, so we're just going to have to, you know, hunker down and uh, get through this. And uh, I've, I've been at this a long time. This is probably my sixth downturn. At least. And we've always come back because people like their RVs. They like their SUVs. They, even though they might want to buy a, an electric car, that still takes a lot of oil and gas to make that electric car. But I think, you know, our, our big picture is that, you know, nobody's flying and nobody's really driving to work. So a lot of our regular daily fuel usage has just been, you know, when I was, uh, I had to cancel some trips uh, a few weeks ago with uh, one of the airlines and they were telling me they're operating at 5%, you know, and that's basically to fly around nurses and government employees. So they're being subsidized to some extent, but uh, that, that's not going to, that's not going to fill the planes. Um, I know Chad and, and the guys out there, you know, everybody's in the field trying to burn fuel, but uh <laughs> <laughs> but uh, delivering papers, delivering papers, man. Right, anything we can make the fuel bill. Um, so yeah, two hundred and sixty-three. Red counts two sixty-three. And what is it in Canada? Eighteen. Eighteen. And there, I read an article there that it, it's basically over Canada. Well, there, yeah, the um, it won't come back. The the thing that we're concentrating on right now is. This other category is called international. There's 781 rigs running at international. So uh, we're focusing on that market because that's where things are still happening. Yeah, don't you have an impending project coming up? Yeah, we have one in Africa and we have one in uh, Russia. Hey, our so, boys over there in Russia. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, Providing the engineering support for both these entities and gives us a little, some, little something to do. Tell me about your Russia. Up. I mean, your Africa project is that going to be gas, oil, blend, or what do you, what do you got going on over there? Uh, it's oil. It's a Permian Basin lookalike. So that's what we're hoping for. And you can go to uh, Reconnaissance Africa website and read all about it. When you guys expect that will start? Uh, we hope to spud in November. Very good. Very good. That's uh, that's promising. I know a lot of things have 
kind of blown up in Africa. Um, Africa's actually got the COVID under control fairly well. Um, from what we know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, here's yeah, here's a whole different beast. Here, you know, we yeah. uh, we got to get over ourselves a little bit because this is why we can't have nice things. Why we don't really have a summer, and why you and I are podcasting from a restaurant instead of a beach. Well, we're having a catch party, but we're. You know, we'll see. <laughs> I hope not. We'll see who ends up with it. Yeah, come on, boy. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know. We're we're hearing a, a number of things ranging from August to October when some. Uh, operators believe that they will get things going again, but I think a lot of it's going to be contingent upon what their Q2 numbers look like. Because if you consider uh, through Q1 of COVID, we only really had one month, and there's going to be a full bore three months of quarter two that will be impacted by uh, this uh, coronavirus. Well, we need to get uh, the kids back to school, and that'll uh, that'll help the economy. That'll help society. That'll help the kids. It's, it, it, yeah, but it'll be interesting because if you ask anybody that has kids in all these different jurisdictions around the U.S., like, there's no cohesive plan. I mean, everything's no. all across the board. It's there's all about, nothing no, matched up right it's, now. It's all about the state, the governor. The local, the, yeah. The uh, school board. But I think I think they will open. I think it's important. I think it'll be modified. I think they're going to have to give parents the opt-out to, like, have kids do a Zoom-style education. That That's no good, man. I've got grandchildren that are doing the Zoom. And, I think it will be, uh, I, look, I, I've heard a couple of jurisdictions where they're talking about doing a hybrid and it doesn't sound easy to implement, but, you know, if you have, let's say, a teacher at the front of the class who's teaching a live class and then there's a camera in that class that's also broadcasting to the kids at home. I don't know how Q&A goes or, I mean, I haven't been in fourth grade in a long time or if, like, those guys have a lot of Q&A or if it's just like, hey, I'm the teacher talking and now you got homework. But I think that's because you're going to have some students that might be, you know, for whatever reason, they can't. Maybe they have immunocompromised or something like that, well, right? Ki- well, kids, you know, look this up. You'll find that kids are not as infectious as adults for the COVID. So they, uh, I mean, uh, right? But what are you gonna do with immunocompromised uh, uh, kids? Unlike the H1N1, they, you know, children can carry the H1N1 and they sneeze and they get it, give it to grandpa. They give it to me because I'm the grandpa. But uh, in this case, this is an inflammation type of uh, disease and uh, the chances of them spreading it are a lot less is what I heard today yeah I mean the thing is we have a lot of facts and we have a lot of conflicting facts we don't know what's what I mean could we be giving attention to this podcast god I hope not but we have these but but that's why I've got that's why I've got a pop filter so it'll catch my catch my droplets it's like it's like a floating mask Chad's got a floating mask right buddy right Uh, so it's uh, yeah. I mean, the thing is, none of us know. And um, but yeah, I think next time we'll we'll delve in a little bit more to geo. We'll delve in to uh, to kind of what we think is going to happen in the alternative world with uh, alternatives that might or might not have a chance coming up in this because you know we know that oil is taking a pounding right now um, from a personnel standpoint and. From a usage standpoint, just across the board. Uh, but but what's the answer? You know, and, and, and let's talk also next time about efficiencies that we can gain through this, you know, because from pain points come progress, right? Uh, and so when we've got these, these pain points happening right now in the oil field, are there things that we can glean, either it's IoT and getting real-time usable data to help people gain efficiencies, or what are some of the things that we can do um, 
in this moment to make things a little bit better. All right, group photo. Frank, get in here. You can't see the camera. The camera can't see you. There it is. One, two, and action. Thanks for being there, everybody. We will talk to you next time on the Global Energy Podcast. We out. Stay safe.